welcome once again to another episode of Center of Infinity. Is the light switch on? No, no, no. The light switch on the wall. Is the light switch on? Intern! As we're introducing the show, um, it was uh, made apparent that the uh, headphone amplifier switch was not turned on, so there was, there was no audio over at the studio table. There um, we go. This is Center of Infinity. I am EK, and absent this evening is Miss Courtney. Uh, due to some daytime obligations, she's not going to make it this evening. Um, and with me in studio, uh, guest hosting this evening, um, as previously planned from last week, is Hill Hippie. From, Hello. Uh, you can hear him on Otherland Dreams or on uh, Shock Monkey Radio, both shows on Tuesday nights at 6 and uh, uh, 10, respectively. Uh, incorrect. Because you mentioned Otherland Dreams, then Shock Monkey Radio. Then you said six and Not ten. particularly in that order. <laughs> See, I corrected it. Um, and this is Otherland Dreams. Oh, no, this is not Otherland Dreams. <laughs> Dude, don't confuse me. You know, I was told... Don't confuse me. You're confusing me. I need... We need you on the center of infinity. I was like, all right, how do I find the center of something that has no reference point to find the center of? That's kind of the point of center of infinity. Yeah, but then I realized, you know what? What is the center of all infinity? But yourself, if, exactly. If your if your starting point is you, then you then are the, the center. The center of, of infinity, infinity is yourself. Exactly. It's it's kind of like saying, the world doesn't revolve around you. You're right, but I am the center of infinity. I'm the center of my world. I'm the center of my infinity. And if you go base your <laughs> if you base life off the theory of the holographic universe, then yes, you are the center of the universe and the center of infinity. Boom. You guys can just have that. You guys, you know, listeners, you can just ha- you can just have that logic. Do with it what you will. Is that a good use? A little bit of esoteric thought for you. Yeah. So this evening we will be discussing uh, the concept of Agartha, um, which is the Hollow Earth theory. Um, it, it has multiple pronunciations. Uh, I I I often call it Agartha, but it's also been called Agartha, uh, Agarti. Um, uh, actually, the word Agartha, if you want to find out the actual pronunciation, and I did not think about this until just now when you brought it up, is actually from, the, uh, it's a Buddhist term. So whatever the original language used by the Buddhists was, uh, is that would be where you would find the actual pronunciation of Agartha. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that. Um... Well, Agartha is is a legendary city that's said to reside in the Earth's core. Um, Shambhala, uh, also known as Shangri-La. Shambhala. The capital of Agartha. Right. Which, if it's a city, how is it the capital city? But that's the thing. From my research... The continent of Agartha. Yes. This this article has The a, land or realm. Yeah. Um... It's been it's been called by a bunch of names. Uh, it's been called the Forbidden Land, the Land of White Waters, the Land of Radiant Spirits, the Land of Living Fire, the Land of Living Gods, the Land of Wonders. Uh, Hindus uh, have known it as uh, the Land or the Realm of the Aryans, the Land of the Noble Worthy Ones. Uh, that's a translation because I can't pronounce what they what the Hindus actually called it. Uh, it's Sleep. called Aryavarta. 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 Arya Varta. No, I'm not Varta, but it's nice to meet you. My yeah. name's Eric. How you doing? Um, this is the land from which the Vedas come. Um, I, uh, are the Vedas the um, the like little flying machines that the 
No, that's Vimanas. Yeah. Not quite sure where you're going there with that. I don't know. But... I'm reading from an article. Uh, this is from TokenRock.com. Uh, just, uh, you know. TokenRock. TokenRock.com. Yeah, that sounds here's, like a crack smoking site. Here's Token the, the Rock. Oh, good point. It does sound that way. Token Rock. That could explain where the theory comes from. Um, Shambhala, right? That's what you called it? Shambhala? Shambhala. 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 Uh, also has a translation throughout Asia as the place of peace or tranquility. Mm-hmm. Um, there are allegedly several entrances to the kingdom of Agarth throughout the world. Throughout. Um, some are planetary grid points, mm-hmm. uh, inwells and outwells of energy. Um, Kentucky Mammoth Cave in south-central Kentucky. Uh, Manaus, Brazil. Uh, Morona, Santiago in Ecuador. Uh, Mato Grosso in Brazil, uh, Igazu Falls in Br- uh, the border of Brazil and Argentina, Mount Epomio in Italy, the Himalayan Mountains in Tibet. Um, the entrance to the underground city of Shanxi is allegedly guarded by Hindu monks. Uh, Mongolia, the underground city of Xinhua, uh, allegedly exists between the border of Mongolia and China. Um, Rama, India, uh, beneath the surface of the city is a long lost subterranean city, they say, also named Rama. Uh, the Great Pyramid of Giza, King Solomon's Mines, North and South Poles, Mount Shasta, California, the Agarthian city of Telos allegedly exists within and beneath the mountain, um, and the Darrow Caves, an Atlantean link. And there's also one uh, believed to be somewhere in Russia, I can't give you the exact uh, geographic location, and in Peru, gardened by... Uh, guarded guarded by an ancient tribe that has only recently been discovered by uh, modern civilization. Hmm. Uh, The theory, the early source for the belief uh, in underground civilizations uh, is the Smoky God in 1908 published by Willis George Emerson uh, who lived from 1856 to 1918 which claims to be the biography of a Norwegian sailor named Olaf Jansen. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the book explains how Jansen's sloop sailed through an entrance to the Earth's interior at the North Pole. For two years, he lived with the inhabitants of an underground network of colonies who, he writes, were 12 feet tall, mm-hmm. and their world was uh, lit by a smoky central sun. Right, um, with very uh, very thick uh, energy field-like air. It's very interesting. Um, the capital I- city was said to be uh, the original Garden of Eden. Mm. Uh, while um, while Emerson doesn't use the name Agartha, later works such as Agartha's Secrets of the Subterranean T- Cities have identified the civilization Jansen encountered with Agartha and its citizens as Agarthan. Mm. Uh, according to Secrets, Shambhala the Lesser, one of the colonies, was also in the seat of the government. Also the seat of the government. Uh, while Shambhala the Lesser is uh, an inner content continent, the satellite colonies are smaller enclosed ecosystems uh, located just beneath the Earth's crust or discreetly within the mountains. So when I was talking about the entrances, some of those entrances are cities that seem to be just subterranean and not in the core. Mm. Um, They're like lesser colonies that are known of, and I guess, part of the core. So like Australia? Yeah. Lesser colonies. Gotcha. Probably where they're sending the criminals. Um. If you uh, check out um, this, this this page will be on the landing page uh, for the, for the podcast. So I'll link to this, so you can check out some of the imagery here, maps of uh, of Agartha. Um, 
Igirtha. Uh, the Old Ones, in an article entitled The Hollow Earth, Myth of Reality, uh, for Atlantis Rising, uh, Brad Steger writes of legends of the Old Ones, an ancient race that populated the surface world millions of years ago and then moved underground, potentially uh, uh, protecting themselves from... One of the great four uh, cataclysms that uh, the world was destroyed by. Right. Um, giving a little bit of credence to another theory about how you know, the, the the climate change is not necessarily climate change, but the beginning of a cycle that's going to force us uh, back underground back underground until the surface world recovers again. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially wiped clean. Uh, with only only uh, remnants of ancient aliens, which may not have been aliens at all, but ancient Earth inhabitants that moved underground. Very well could be. That might be where why the missing link has never been found, because it's not up here, it's down there. Um, this article does continue to uh, look into some Buddhist philosophies, Native American philosophies, Indian philosophies, and uh, Tibetan philosophies. Um, but we're not going to go deep into that. Uh, like I said, the the article on TokenRock.com. I just silenced you. Apparently, you didn't. TokenRock.com. That will be on the landing page. <sighs> Um, and okay, just, uh, just for funds here, cause I know that you've also looked in some, some articles prepared outside of the outline. Um, there was an outline. Yeah. It was in the producers group on ring central. I'm too goddamn busy. Shit. Wish I'd have looked there. Um, yep. Well, we got, it's okay. I'm blasting through the two main articles so that there's going to be time for you to go over the articles you looked into. Um, hollow earth, uh, regarding to the Bible. Okay. Some, okay. Some, this is interesting. Um, I really like that Courtney included this in the outline. Philippians 2.10. 2, uh, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Ephesians 4.9. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? Okay. Uh, Revelation 5, 1 through 14. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne with a scroll, a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and it's seven I kind of went beyond what was necessary for that particular uh, reference. You got excited. I get it. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, And the fifth angel... This is Revelation 9, 1 through 21. Uh, And the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth, and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. He opened the shaft of the bottomless pit, and from the shaft rose smoke, like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened with the smoke from the shaft. Then from the smoke came locusts of the earth, and they were given power like the power of scorpions of the earth. So there is definite, like, like, in the core of the earth or underneath uh, subterranean, there's, there's something going on and it's referenced quite a few times in, in, I mean, this is a, this is a pretty long page. Right. Uh, I feel like most of that is referencing the hell. Yeah. Um, for lack of a better term. 
Well, that's the thing. Why aren't they calling it hell as they do throughout the rest of the book? Um, well, we can, we really don't want to go in that direction. You shall make you you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that isn't in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under, under or that is in the water under the earth. Um, that was Exodus twenty four Amos nine two. Uh, if they dig into Sheol, from there shall my hand take them. If they climb up, if they dig into Sheol, Sheol spell that word S H E O L. Okay. Um, Psalm one thirty five six. Whatever the Lord pleases, He does in heaven and on earth, in all the seas and all deeps. Um, deeps could be referring to ocean. Could be. That also could be implied with the word seas. Could be implying Agartha. Absolutely, absolutely could. Could be replying hell. Um, now, I'm, once again, this uh, this article will also be not article. This list it's a uh, it's it's openbible.info, and if you search Hollow Earth, these are all the things that pop up. Hmm. Um, and there is it is an expansive list. Um, Job he stretches out the north over the void and hangs the earth on nothing. Uh, Job's 26.10. He has inscribed a circle on the face of the waters at the boundary between light and darkness. Uh, Job 1.7. The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, from walking up and down on it. Some of these are kind of reaching, but... Yeah, because that could be up and down, could just be up and down a mountain. It doesn't really reference in or out. Um, Here's another one in Proverbs. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep. There's that deep again. A circle on the face of the deep. Um... (laughs) Face of the void, maybe? I don't know. And is the void different from hell? Um, who knows? That um, is a job for theologians. Theologians. The, Theologians? Theologians. Thessalonians. That's a book. Yes. Um, let's see here. Matthew 4, 8. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Um, and that is, uh, that, that, how is that hollow earth? Yeah. It seems like the ones at the top are the most, uh... Yeah, those had some definite references to something below the earth. As you get to the bottom of the list, there's some... Uh, it's like a baseball team. We got some heavy hitters and we got some uh, pitchers who we can't pull out of the rotation and they're getting struck out every time. Okay, so in, in the 600, this is Genesis 7-11. This is at the bottom of the list. Slushies? What? In, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were opened. What does it mean? Well, considering the fact that the... Uh... Some scientists now believe, uh, due to some of the more deeper drilling that we have done, that <coughs> excuse me, the crust could actually hold 
three to four times as much water as all the oceans on the earth, that those deep waters may be referen- uh, referencing some hollow earth type concepts. Point. Point. Um, so that article will also be, not that article, this list will also be on the landing page. Um, Hill Hippie's probably going to send me the links to the stuff that he's about to go over. I have links. Oh, I thought that you... No, this is just a collection of stuff that I've just come across. At, okay, okay. Well, uh, we got about 10 minutes before... Uh, I'm sorry, we got about 15 minutes before we uh, we move into the next segment. All right. So I take it that's your transition, you're handing it off? Yeah, take, take the lead. Tell me what you know. Tell me about that. Um, I know that you looked more into it than I did. Tell me about the pilot that flew over, because that, that's a separate story from Olaf Jensen. Right. All right, and you, because uh, I had something about Olaf Jensen written, uh, written down as well. The American aviator, Rear Admiral Richard Byrd Jr., he'd led... Dick uh, Bird. Dick Bird. Junior Dick Bird. Dick Bird Jr. <laughs> you know, knowing what I know about this guy's personality, he was a very strict, very by-the-book, by-the-facts, no-nonsense type of cat. You probably hated that nickname. <laughs> had to have and hated you it. know people called him that. And that's hey, why, Dick Bird! That's probably why he come to that type of personality. My name's not Dick Bird. It's Richard Bird Jr. Your name's Dick Bird. <laughs> uh, this guy... Dick Bird Jr. led numerous expeditions to both poles and wrote detailed logs about his journeys. The most notable of his writings was his personal diary, which was published by his son after his death. In it, he gives details about his 1947 expedition to the North Pole. He talks about the geographical anomalies that he witnessed there and how he had really no idea or way to gauge what he was seeing because they didn't have the uh, instruments to really understand what was going on. He talks about how he was met by some unfamiliar flying craft, which took control of his uh, plane and flew it through a large opening in the earth. And while he was inside, he was taken to the leader of this inner earth civilization, a being that he described of being immense size and height. Right, that's the 12-foot-tall dude. Yeah. Now, again, Byrd was a highly decorated military officer, including getting the Medal of Honor. He fought in both world wars, and here's an interesting thing, led not one, but two military expeditions to Antarctica following World War II. So he's looking, he's trying to go back. He was probably looking for Adolf Hitler. Hiding in Agartha. Hiding in Agartha. The Aryan land. Because... Maybe he didn't have a post on the moon. Maybe he had a post inside the earth. He had a post inside the earth. Because uh, there was a German society called the Thule Society, which became very interested in occult ideas and artifacts, and then became very interested in the theory of the hollow earth or Agartha. So much so that they sent several emissaries and made a couple of expeditions to, to, uh, to Tibet. And this group later endorsed the party that became the Nazi party. Sons of bitches. Bastards. Bastards. They imparted their information off onto Hitler, who wanted to find an inner earth opening so, so bad that he was sending people down there 
to go to Antarctica. Find me this opening. No new openings. We got to find the one in Agartha. Later, a, Ju- a German U-boat uh, commanded by, and I know I'm going to mispronounce this, Hernik Broden claimed that they had reached the interior of the earth and said that he didn't want to come back because it was such a extraordinary place. But he had to come back because he was afraid of uh, the Fuhrer and afraid that he was going to stick a pineapple in his ass. By pineapple, you mean grenade? And whatever you want to call it. Insert your own euphemism. I will not. <laughs> that a boy. Uh, some notable... Uh, <coughs> good Lord. Excuse me. Some notable uh, scientists that have stated that they believe in the theory of the hollow earth. Have you ever heard of a little anomaly that comes around every 75 years called... Halley's Hale- Comet? Yes. The spaceship? Yeah, the spaceship. Haley, the guy who, you know, tracked this comet. And if you stop and think about it, it comes around every 75 years. And the lifespan at that point in time was not 75 years. How this cat was able to correct, uh, accurately predict the orbit of this thing and the timing of it is mathematically just very impressive. Aliens. Aliens. He said that he believed the Earth had several crust-like shells similar to Russian nesting dolls. And that each of these shells might be capable of supporting life. He also thought that the northern and southern lights, also known as the Aurora Borealis and the Aurora Australis, were lights coming from these shells out of the uh, openings at the north and southern poles. Video exists, supposedly, of the Australis coming from a dark hole located in the southern pole. And this is satellite imagery that supposedly shows the Aurora Australis on the southern pole, and as you're looking at it, you can see a black dot at the center where the south pole should be, and the Aurora Australis coming from that one spot, which is an interesting video, but Photoshop, maybe? No, sir. I don't like it. I don't like it either. NASA has videos showing... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead. Uh, Another... Scientist, Swiss, mass, uh, Swiss, Swiss mathematician Leonard Euler agreed with Halley's theories up in the point of he didn't believe there was a series of crusts inside the earth like Russian nesting dolls, but it was just a straight hollow earth. Saying that the way that centrifugal force works in a rotating object, it makes more sense for the earth to be hollow than it would be for it to be a solid core. Johann Karl Freinberg Gross, a German physicist, said all of Earth's history, physics, and geography could be explained by Earth being a hollow planet. I'll buy it. I'll buy it too. NASA images of the poles are extremely rare, but when they are revealed to the public, they often have cloud cover or questionable anomalies. Is this a way that the government is covering up those entrances uh, entrances at the poles? Possibly. I'll buy that too. No planes or satellites are allowed to come within a certain distance of the poles. Now, there is uh, some people out there who claim that it's a no-fly zone over the poles. When actually it has more to do with the fact of... uh, Telemetry doesn't work. 
right poles, right? Right, because like it's not so much that it's a low no fly zone; it's just that it's straight up not safe. You have to change the uh, the grid coordinates. You have to fly under a completely different set of parameters, and the way you navigate at the poles because. The North Pole and the South Pole are two different things from magnetic North and magnetic South. Right. Yet, they, some people still claim there's a reason why you're not supposed to fly over there. And there are satellite maps, supposedly, again, Photoshop, that say, that show all the telemetries of the satellites in orbit and none of them go around or over top of the poles they all make a big old circle and if you there's something to be said about this because if you look in google earth or if you look at any type of uh spherical mapping technology like dark skies weather app if you go to the poles that donut theory is way more viable if you think about it that way Mm mm-hmm the door, uh, the 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 name of the shape is called a torus. Yeah, yeah. The 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 you have the the me- metallic. Yeah, the toroflux. The it's toroflux, right? Based off the torus shape, which is based off the idea of a, a, centri- a centripetal force, which is the same concept. And supposedly, and this is oh, good lord, yeah, I'm reformatting this computer. Uh, supposedly there is video footage taken from the Mir space station of one of the openings at the poles that shows strange light emitting from it. And this video is on YouTube. It's old. It's grainy. And literally it looks like magma that's pouring back, uh, pouring itself out of and back into this opening. That's, that's kind of creepy. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. Uh, some of the weird stories that come from uh, involving the different peoples that supposedly come out of Agartha is uh, in the 12th century in the town of Woolpit, England, two small children are found, their skin a dark, uh, pale green hue and speaking an unknown language. The boy soon died, but after many years living with the people of Woolpit, this girl, after learning the language, said that she and her brother had come from a subterranean land where the sun never shone, and light was more like twilight. She and her brother had become lost while following their cow into a cave, which led them to the surface world. Okay. In the year of ni- uh, 985 AD, Eric the Red discovered the island, or yeah, the island of Greenland. Vikings started to colonize it. By 1410, there was. Anywhere between 10,000 and 100,000 Viking colonists on Greenland shores. 1410 was the last time any Viking colonists were ever seen on Greenland. All of their villages were found abandoned. When the native Inuit people were asked about uh, the disappearance of the Vikings, they said, The white men swarmed suddenly to the wonderful land that the Inuit had long known about. The land that they called the land of endless summer. Hmm. Which is some people claim that when you get up north close to those polar openings, that there is a sudden increase of temperature to where it's almost hot, including Rear Admiral Richard Byrd. Dick Byrd. Dick Byrd. 
lot to think about. That is uh, the first 30 minutes of our show for our main topic. If you want to hear more about Agartha, um, like I said, on the landing page, I'll have a couple of links. Uh, give us some feedback. Um, and uh, if you want, you want us to dig deeper into this show, let us know where exactly you want us to dig deeper. Um, obviously, there's a lot of different aspects to this one. Um, as always, we're always open to topic uh, ideas for new topics for this show. Um, but we're going to take a moment now uh, and talk about one of my favorite segments. Mystery, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to eat it. So this show is regularly sponsored by uh, the 540 Foodie Chick, Miss Courtney herself, who who every week brings me a new tasty baked good that is delicious, mostly dessert. Um, quality goodies. Uh, but this week she's not here, so I had to prepare mystery munchies myself. Oh, so this evening so I'm enjoying uh, saltine crackers uh, with uh, chicken salad from a can, like like tuna, but it's already pre-made chicken salad uh, with the pre-sliced squares of cheddar cheese. Figures. I get invited onto the show when there's no and, snacks. And there's no fucking munchies. There's no mystery munchies. Yep, yep. I did the best I could with what I was capable of. You I can't make a beignet like she can. You keep that shit over there. I can't make pumpkin spice meatloaf. The girl's got the girl is creative as hell, and I am I'm always impressed with the goodies that she brings. Uh, she's gotten so many orders uh, this season that she's ended up having to get help uh, make making the amounts of the baked goods she does. So she's always taking orders. Reach out to five four zero foodie f o o d i e chick c h i c k at gmail dot com. That's five four zero foodie chick at gmail dot com. Place your order today. And now. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for this? Uh, let's do it. Weird news. Article number one. Netflix and chill. So. How's this weird news? Uh, well, you know, that's just what the name of the news story is. Uh, ben and Jerry's creates delicious uncoupling flavor for all the sing- singles. Uncoupling flavor. I don't. Delicious uncoupling flavor for all the singles. This deeply comforting ice cream flavor was made exclusively for HuffPost for Valentine's Day. You'll never be alone if you're with a pint of ice cream. So the recipe for this delicious uncoupling is cookie milk ice cream from a pint of chocolate chip cookie dough core, chocolate ice cream, shortbread cookies, chocolate chunks, In a bowl, add one or two scoops of each ice cream flavor. Top with shortbread cookies and chocolate chunks. Stir to mix ice creams and chunks. Indulge until your heart is content. Serves one. (laughs) They sent this. They sent this card. Enjoy your delicious uncoupling. Love Ben and Jerry's. They sent this to HuffPost. Uncoupling. That is like the just the most heart wrenching, unmanly thing I've ever heard. I shut you off. It's there's a ghost. There's a ghost in the machine. I silenced mine too, and then immediately after I silenced it, it played again. Uh, I blame Lady Stars on Fire. She's trying to reach out. Well, no, because she mentioned the ghost in the machine. Ah, uh, yep. She woke him up. Yep. Her fault. Um, I love Ben and Jerry's ice cream, and 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 Courtney knows this about me, and I'm sure that's why she brought this up. And it's got. It's got some of the best stuff. Chocolate chip cookie dough core ice cream, chocolate ice cream, chocolate chunks. I could do without the shortbread cookies, but hey, whatever. Cookies and ice cream. I'm down. Hey, you got to get a little solid food in there. 
I guess. Because let's face it, you love Ben and Jerry's ice cream. You just love ice cream. So one of my favorite things about this in particular, I do just love ice cream. One of my favorite things about this article, and this is on HuffPost.com, is there is a list of 19 rejected Ben and Jerry's celebrity flavors. Okay. Um, Guess the celebrity. Okay. Mama Grizzly Crunch. Mama Grizzly Crunch. Uh, S'mores flavored ice cream with fudge, hockey pucks, and graham cracker guns. I, I feel like it would be some really bad reality show, like the one with that really bratty kid from like 10 years ago. Mama Grizzly Crunch. Mama Grizzly Crunch. Yes, I am. Thank you, intern. Mama Grizzly Crunch. S'mores flavored ice cream with fudge hockey pucks and graham cracker guns. Yeah, I got nothing. Sarah Palin. Yeah, I don't follow politics. Okay, bears, uh, um, Alaska, guns, I guess, Alaska. Um, or guns because she's a Republican? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Netflix, this kind of is, it's too easy a target to not know that it's about Netflix. Uh, it's every single flavor on earth until you have to buy them separately. <laughs> Nuts and bat shit. Nuts and bat shit. <laughs> Nuts and bat shit. Batman and Robin? Glenn Beck. Well played. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Never say nougat. Bubblegum ice cream with candy ushers. Locks of real Bieber hair and and 16-year-old nougat. I'm out. Locks of Bieber hair. I'm out. That is obviously Justin Bieber's flavor. Yeah, still, I'm out. Some of these are dark. I don't think these are truly rejected flavors. Um, Libyan Libyan Liberty. Nescafe flavored ice cream. That actually sounds good. Um, Nescafe flavored ice cream with hallucinogenic pills and nougat. I'm in. <laughs> Nugget, Just nougat, like that, and I'm nougat. In. <laughs> uh, this is uh, well. No, Jerry Garcia already has a flavor named after him. Uh, is this the Paul Li- statements? Libyan Liberty. Uh, yeah, I don't know anybody from Libya. Muammar Gaddafi. What the hell's he got to do with uh, hallucinogenic? <laughs> this is an easy one. I'm not even going to say the name of the ice cream. I'm just going to read the ingredients. Tiger blood ice cream. Tiger Woods. <laughs> you're, you're, you're too eager. Tiger blood ice cream. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Charlie Sheen. <laughs> there you go. Charlie Sheen's winning. Tiger blood ice cream with seven gram rocks <laughs> and Adonis DNA ripple. Adonis DNA ripple. Beautiful. Oh, surely delicious. Vodka flavored ice cream with chocolate covered pickles and toasted marshmallow swirl. Polly Shore? You were on it with the reality TV shows earlier. Snookies. Jersey Shore, surely delicious. I've never seen that. <laughs> Rick Santorum's Santorum. Creamy vanilla chocolate with added you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably right. I mean, some of these, you kind of need the name of the celebrity. This doesn't work as well as I planned. Michelle Bachmongo's Teabagger Brickle. Our list of ingredients may be incorrect and spelled poorly, but we're not big on facts. Jeez. 
Uh. Creme Knight Shyamalan. Don't get your hopes up. You're going to be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Now with a twist of failure. Uh, Unless you you read the signs. (laughs) I don't get this one. Perry Garcia. Texas tea ice cream overrun with illegal chocolate chunks. Yeah, I, I'm not sure where they're going with it's that. A, it's obviously a Texas reference. Well, yeah, the illegal part makes it think it would be... Texas tea ice cream with illegal chocolate chunks. Right, it's illegal... Some governor, is there a governor named Perry? Maybe. Honey Badger Blend. A swirl of chocolate and vanilla ice cream blended with Vermont honey and cobra venom. What the Cobra venom? Oh, because the honey badger. Right, right. Uh, okay. Because honey badger don't care. <laughs> Marcus Bachman's hint of mint. I don't. I don't get that one. Mm. Occupy Wall Street, sponsored by Fox News. A fair and balanced blend of pepper spray, lace, cinnamon, tea, ice cream with red raspberry ribbons of righteous right class warfare rhetoric. Good lord. Wow. Wall Street Waffle. It's just a picture of the Monopoly man. (laughs) Uh, Gorilla Juice Head. This is another snooky one. Orange sherbet with banana chunks and anabolic steroids. Fair enough. <laughs> Snow, Snooky Polizzi's Gorilla Juice Head. Okay. Uh, Travis Brickle. Butter Brickle, peach, schnapps, and amphetamines. <laughs> and so you can work all the long hours you want. All right. Uh, oh, and of course, Sweaty Balls. Vanilla ice cream with a hint of rum and loaded with fudge-covered rum and malt balls. That does not sound bad, actually. really good. Yeah. I mean, you have to get over yourself, like, yeah, this, I'm actually eating this flavor, but, well, I I think it's something, a phrase is about to exit my mouth that I probably said when I was 15. It's like, don't worry, once it hits your tongue, you'll be okay with it. So, uh, our second article, (laughs) I was queuing it up as you were talking about, uh, the ice cream and a Kentucky fisherman reels in a 20 pound goldfish. Okay. This is flipping insane. Yeah. I've seen some koi fish and koi fish are like goldfish, right? Yeah. So I've seen some of those get pretty big. I've never seen like a fish that fat, like that bulbous. Uh, here's the thing that I'm, and I may be misquoting myself here, but when my daughter was young, we were living in a townhouse and, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, so we couldn't afford a, a pet uh, deposit at this place. So I got her a fish tank. And as I started, you know, setting up this fish tank and learning about how to keep these uh, fish healthy and happy, I learned that. A lot of these fish that you will get, like goldfish and some of the cichlids, uh, well, maybe not the cichlids, but a lot of the fish will be limited in their growth. Because of the size of the container, right? Right, and because of all the secretions that the other animals will get into them. So if you've got a large enough body of water and a smaller population, it's very possible that goldfish could hit 20 pounds. 
So it makes you wonder. Weird, wild stuff. What's goldfish fillet taste like? Is it a white fish? The, the tears of children. <laughs> the, cheer, the tears of children that have had their pets flushed. <laughs> and our final weird news article for the evening is about a man who wins two lottery jackpots in different states. That's it. Time travel's possible. It's a 70-year-old dude that hit two jackpot lotteries in different states. He moved to a he was it's Delaware dude who just moved to the state. Won a seventy million dollar or seventy thousand dollar jackpot after just winning in New Jersey. Excuse me, after just winning in New Jersey. How much did he win in New Jersey? Um. Oh, only eight thousand. But but both times they were like jackpot. Like he matched all six numbers to win the sixty nine thousand dollar after tax or whatever. So grand total before taxes, he he got about eighty thousand. No, total he got about seventy thousand. That's before taxes. Okay, I thought you said seventy thousand on the first one, and then. Oh no, you're right. You're right. It was a sixty-nine thousand dollar jackpot. So about so rounded up to seventy thousand, and he kept fifty-two grand after the tax withholdings. And then he also won eight grand in Jersey. And he's claiming he did this right after a move. Right. He's covering his ass. He's just bouncing across state lines and playing his odds. Yeah, he, future man. Yeah. Uh, this, okay. This dude saw Travelers, went back in time, and was like, that could work. Or did he just see Inception? Mm. Spin the top. So those are our weird news articles for this week. Uh, as as usual, our show is, is a shorter show with uh, the Center of Infinity, because sometimes we blast through it. Um, this... Uh, this show is a lot of fun for us to do, and we love listener feedback. So if you are looking for uh, some, us to talk about something in, uh, something specific, please reach out uh, at to – you could reach out to admin at fxbgpr.com. If you want to reach out to, the, to, to Hill Hippie, you can check him out at hillhippie at fxbgpr.com. Um, check out Otherland Dreams from 10 to 11 on Tuesday nights and also Shock Monkey Radio from 6 to 7 on Tuesday nights. Um, to catch up with Hill Hippie. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. And uh, we will catch you all next time.